Welcome to the Daring Podcast. In this series, we'll talk with artists, writers, musicians, and contemporary creative minds to better understand creative culture, human potential, and art as a form of social expression. I'm your host, Iwana Friedman. I'm an art director, a product designer, and an image hoarder. In this episode, I sit down with Brian Small, an award-winning alcohol ink painter, to chat about technique and running art like a business. So let's get started. And you said your mom brought this to you, like she was telling you about alcohol ink. Uh, she does these uh, like art tours, and this woman had this brightly colored necklace on. Uh, and she went to her and was like, what is that? Like, that's really beautiful. And it turned out it was alcohol ink on dominoes because alcohol ink works best on non-porous surfaces. My mom started doing the research. She found the information and then came to town and here we are. Um, since then I've painted every day for the most part. If I'm here, I'm painting. It became your thing. Yeah. Like something literally just clicked where I'm like, yeah, this is it. I love the tools of the trade. Well, that's the thing is that most people don't use all this stuff. They use the straw, and that's it. So I use everything, like potato mashers, knives. Mm -hmm. This is a, like, doggy treat. Like the doggy play toy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Bubble wands, wine bottles, you name it. If it's down here. Everything leaves a mark. Yeah. Of its own, right? Like, everything. Well, you got, you're very experimental. Oh, yeah. I use everything. Fly swatters. Like, I paint with everything. Yeah. I don't buy into writer's block, artist block, any of that stuff. Because if you do it, it'll come. And, mm-hmm. like, there have been plenty of times where you're like, this is not working. It's not working. Yeah. Take a moment, you walk away, and you come back, and you just start drawing, painting, putting thoughts together, writing an outline, any of that, any of that stuff, at yeah. some point, something will click. Even if you work on the outline for a day, at some point, the idea is going to stick. At some point, the painting is going to start to come together, or you'll start doing a color study, or something will motivate something else. I think if we get to the point that we fall on it's not working you give yourself the excuse not to work how did you come to learn this about yourself procrastination yes one but that's like a that's like the corporate side of my brain yeah that i know i don't have the luxury of waiting my clients need things the deadline is there. You're being paid to deliver. So mm-hmm. whether the tagline is coming to you, you need to deliver. The campaign is launching in three weeks. Creative needs to be delivered. Yes. You gotta figure it out. So you go back to the initial meeting, like the brainstorms, you start going over your notes. Everything that you can do, you start looking at other ads, you do everything that you can to try and get motivated. Sitting there doesn't do anything for you. So you sit there and you're like, nothing's working. Time's running out while you're doing that. And everybody else around you, like production is saying, okay, we need to hire the photographer. 
we need to get models in here. We need to do this. We need to do that. And the world is a buzz around you, and you're sitting there, stupid. I can't do anything. <laughs> like, the world is moving. Chop, chop. Yeah. You, you're being paid to do something. Get to it. Yeah. The same thing in art. If you want to be in a gallery, you got to have products. Right. So while you're being tortured and can't paint, and that's the, I get, I get shit for that too, because I don't view, art is a passion. It really is. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's fun. It's amazing. All that. Art is a business. And if you don't know how to play both sides, you can get stuck. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to understand, I think, the, my quote unquote success over the last couple of years in art. I, mean, I can't call it success because I'm struggling still. Mm -hmm. um, is because I have a foot in both worlds. I understand the business part of it and I kind of have the discipline from that. Like, you got to get the job done, you got to meet this deadline. And I also get the creative part of it. I got to live and breathe art and color and glitter and make things beautiful. Yeah. But I know my ultimate goal is to sell it, get it out, get it out the door, get it seen, get it on gallery walls, get it in people's homes. So you got to bridge the gap between the two. So that means that sometimes I have to stop what I'm doing, make sure it's on my website, make sure that I've sent out the RFP for this project, make sure that it's posted on Instagram so people can see it, make sure I show up mm -hmm. to the opening, make sure that I meet and greet and smile and shake hands it's all part of it. Yeah. You don't want to be part of the machine, but you got to. Well, the reality is that you are, whether you like it or not. Right. And right? if you don't play the game, you don't get to win. Yeah. That's that's just how it works. So you got to be like, you got to be in it to win. It. Like, you get, <laughs> like, that's the stuff that most people kind of miss. And we don't learn it in art school. No, we don't. Um. They don't really teach you that in business school either. You just kind of learn, you learn your discipline mm -hmm. and what you're supposed to do for work, but you don't connect the dots between what it is to be an artist, what it is to be a brand. And that's what it takes now with like social media and art yeah the model is shaking up it's different it's not just the galleries anymore thank goodness for artists like me that mm -hmm. didn't have all these relationships with curators and galleries like you got to create your own space well the truth is who the hell can who right. has the luxury and the privilege to get a foot in the door it because there was this big gate that you couldn't right. get behind get over get someone to unlock the door like it yeah. just wasn't anything that you could do so social media kind of helped to break that. And at the time when I first started painting, I was working for a social media analytics company. Mm -hmm. So kind of understanding the backside of it is like, okay, so I understand how big brands do it. I help them to build mm -hmm. their brands and build their social media presence and all of that. I feel like I could kind of do that for myself. Yeah. It kind of get how it works. This is what I've been doing the last 20 years. I can, if nothing else, I know how to build 
music. It sounds like you've integrated your so-called professional corporate world with your artistic world in a very graceful way so that they're actually like informing each other but like supporting each other it's not like this discord that's happening where you're living one way during the week or whatever and then creating artwork on your so-called spare time right it sounds like it's much more integrated than that which means my brain doesn't shut off right but it's it's necessary i just think that at least for me in order to get everything done Mm -hmm. i have to think about it in the same way yeah it's almost like i'm my own client yeah so i'm thinking about opportunities knowing that i always have to produce knowing that i need to think about how am i going to get this out there um and thinking about i'm not playing the short game i gotta think the long game what's the long game for brian small um today yeah because it can change next week yeah i get that i want um that's a that's a tough question one i want my art to kind of sustain me mm-hmm. like i want i'm making some headway in the way that people at least locally are Correlating alcohol ink mm-hmm. with my name. That's fantastic. Which is great, though I don't own it. There's so many alcohol ink artists yeah. out there. I'm always pushing to do something different. So it's not just pretty pictures, is always what I'm talking about. It's not just pretty pictures. Mm-hmm. I want people to step closer, take a moment and take a step closer and say, What is that? I want to. I want people to recognize my work as doing something that others haven't done, which is the goal of like every artist being able to create something mm-hmm. that no one has ever seen before. I've never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want people to, I want people to remember my name. Like I want that. I want mm-hmm. um, people to remember my name. I want people to recognize my work when they see it and understand how different it is than others uh, that are in the same space. Um, I want to be the first at more things. That's like that's the long game to be the first to do these things. Um, yeah. What's interesting about that is that once you achieve like a level of success and recognition it's so easy to kind of rest on your laurels and say i have my community i am being recognized i can be a mentor to younger people too Mm -hmm. but what you're saying is actually very different than that which is yes all these things are real they exist but there's more there's so much more that i haven't tapped into And I don't even know what that looks like yet. Right. Because in a lot, it's a gift and a curse. Part of this is um, the, um, like the imposter complex thing. Mm-hmm. Because my art career took off so quickly and stuff started to kind of clear. And I think that's the universe part of it. Um, that I'm like, well, at what point do you become an artist? Like, wait a second. And went from focusing on corporate to like 
having my art and magazines or on at different shows and stuff like wait how did this happen like where where did this come from and people were like oh so how when did you become an artist you're like i don't know i'm, I'm still like, working I'm on like, it yeah but then i think okay no i've been an artist my whole life mm. like yeah i've been an artist my whole life but that internal conversation like wait have i been an artist like no yes i've been an artist my entire life having a mom that's an artist a painter mm-hmm. um but having parents that encourage me to be every bit of creative like be creative do whatever it is that you want go for it go for it was huge yeah and then going to ellington being in this growing up in a community of artists mm. in different mediums spoils you one because you're in like this little bubble that's special yeah the rest of the world is not like that like it's strange that we we were in a place that was unlike any other place in the world. So for people who don't know what Duke Ellington is, let's explain it. It's, right. So <clears throat> Duke Ellington School of the Arts is, or it still is, um, a public school in Washington, D.C. Um, that supports academics, mm-hmm. but also has a stringent, fantastic art program yep. that... Um, through all different disciplines, from dance to visual arts to literary arts, um, music, instrumental, vocal music, museum studies that help people to do curations, everything. That's it's incredible when you say it out loud. Right. We were so for children for kids yes. that that expressed interest in those different disciplines. Well, it's kind of crazy that you have to decide mm-hmm. what that discipline is then. Mm-hmm. But you figure out what it is that you want to do. You audition. You show your portfolio. You show your work. And you get into this school. And so you're in this bubble with all these other artists. Like, you find your tribe so early. Yeah. It allows you to kind of become the best version of your early self. Pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, so if you are one of the freaks and geeks, one of the weirdos, you have found your people. Yes. Like, whether you are a big, bold personality or very quiet, there's somebody in there somewhere that you can connect with. Somehow, mm-hmm. some way. Generally, I feel like everybody had somebody. Somehow. Or even if they didn't, there was somebody they could kind of like pass in the hole that they could see themselves in somehow. Yeah. Um, but that kind of informed all different types of my life, like going to a school where being gay was just like, huh, whatever. Yeah, it was a PS. Like, whatever. Who cares? Like, yeah. But it conditions you for things in a way that's not real because the rest of the world isn't that way. Say more. So you come into a place where everyone is so open. Everyone is so artistic and so open to creativity. You then graduate and you go into college life. Unless you go to a space that kind of continues that, I can't imagine then going to a school and like 
Texas. Yeah, that would be really tough. Really, really strong contrast. Into like, or like the Midwest somewhere. And it could have been a great school, but you're not in that bubble anymore. So you have people that may challenge your artistic ability, your creativity, your sexuality. Like, I don't get why you are so creative and so colorful and so loud and so comfortable. Like, you are weird. Luckily, I moved to New York City. <laughs> there <laughs> like, you go. So, like, it, it just bumped it up more. Yeah. But, in the like, in the real world, you don't get the opportunity to show in the gallery in the front of your school. Like, and have, like, Stevie Wonder pop up on your first day of school. Like, you don't, yeah. you don't get that. We had Stevie Wonder pop up on the first day of school. Like, How cool welcome. That? Like, <laughs> Is that fucking Stevie Wonder? And then leave his piano every day we walked in to Stevie Wonder's piano in this glass case. Like, no other school had that. That's crazy. Like, Nancy Wilson doing a concert series for us. Like, Felicia Rashad, you get to, like, go to a master acting class with Felicia Rashad. Like, really? Debbie Allen is one of the first dance teachers there? Like, nobody gets that type of access to, like, celebrity masters coming yeah. in to, like, teach a class. And then you go to the real world, and they're like, yeah, you got to audition. You're not good enough. We don't get you. That type of thing. Um, and so the art world is much of the same. Mm-hmm. You have thousands and thousands of artists in your neighborhood Mm-hmm. Everybody is an artist. Everybody is great. And you go from being like this big fish in a small pond to like non-existent in this world. Like, and you're yeah. fighting to just be seen. And so now it's a little different with like social media is mm-hmm. able to push you ahead. But trying to break into the art world 20 years ago, I, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, it was a different different ball of wax, right? Yeah, it's just, it's a different space. How do you think um, the creative community, so like the artist-to-artist relationship has changed, if at all, because of social and because of the way in which artists can be much more self-kind of propelled? Mm-hmm. I think it's another thing, it's a gift and a curse. Mm-hmm. I think it gives you the ability to kind of get uh, validation, but it's not always real. Mm-hmm. So it's being like honest with yourself that people be- can become enamored with you, and you can mistake that for your art. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that for me, that's just a. I had this conversation last night about being conscious of not showing myself and letting it be about the art. So if I'm at an event, I might post a picture of myself at the event, Mm -hmm. but I'm not the person taking a selfie with my work or whatever else. It is not about me. It really is about the work. So I want it to be, um, the work comes first, period. Like, people can think you are a dynamic personality and everything, and you can light up the room when you come in. Which you do, by the way. I (laughs) try. Thank you. He says he's smiling ear to ear. (laughs) But you can, but I have gotten to the point that I understand that people can like you and hate your art. Mm -hmm. 
and confuse the two. Interesting. And so you need to make sure that your work can stand up and that it's something that you can be proud of and your work stands up when you're not there. It needs to be able, especially working in a medium that people don't know about. So when it's if it's oil or acrylic or gouache, people get it. They're like, oh, okay, I know what that is. That's cool. If it's photography, oh, I get it. Nice. They can... Um, almost judge the work. They can almost picture themselves making it. Right. Right? When it's something that they don't know about. If there is, if when I'm talking about alcohol ink, if I'm present, mm -hmm. and I walk you through it, you get it. I'm like, oh, I can see how that could be difficult. That makes sense. Like, oh, all right. But the work needs to stand up in the gallery, on a wall, whether I'm there or not. Mm-hmm. I can't always be there to razzle-dazzle and tell you about the work. So the work has to be good it can't, to begin with, whether I'm there or not. So you can't confuse you can't confuse the personality brand part of it. Your art still has to stand up. Yeah, and that could apply to almost anything. The content has to be stellar. It has always. to be good. So don't ever get it confused that mm -hmm. yes, and I started my consulting company, Art is the Brand, because mm -hmm. your art is the brand, but you're a part of that. Yeah. So everything that you do from the moment that you walk in the door, you're representing your brand. Don't ever get confused that when you're at an art event that is social. It's social, but you're working. Mm -hmm. Turn the shit on and get to work. Like, <laughs> you're working. So how do you educate people? How do you talk about your medium then? Because it sounds like so, most of us, myself included, we don't know a shit ton about yeah. alcohol. Ink. So I usually, I'm, I tell people about the medium. I tell them what it is, describe alcohol ink, and talk a little bit about the process. Because really, I always go back to, and it's marketing things, I don't care how the watch works. I just want to know what time it is. <laughs> Perfect. So don't. Don't give me all this background shit. If I don't like it, I don't like it. Or if I love it, I love it. Mm -hmm. But the more you talk about it, the less I care. So talk about it quickly. Get to it. You have 22 seconds. Mm -hmm. Like, what is alcohol ink? It's a high pigmented dye that when it comes into contact with 91% rubbing alcohol, it causes the inks to move around. So I don't know what's going to happen. Amazing. You gave up that's total it. control. That's And that's it. And people are like, Wow. All right, that sounds really difficult. It is. And start a discussion. Yeah. But you have to, like, just spit it out, get to it. That's also, like, a New York mentality that I've kind of adopted. Because mm -hmm. in D.C., we could talk for hours to people. I just don't want to hear that anymore. Like, hush, let's get to it. Mm -hmm. Chop, chop, I got stuff to do. And there may be other artists in the room. Don't suck all the energy of, out of the room um, and move on. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm always thinking about that. But that's the thing. When I'm at an event, I am working. I am not there. You won't see me sipping champagne and tasting the food and all of that. Eat before you get there. Like... <laughs> That's such good advice for, you know, younger people who are kind of emerging, starting out, it trying is, to sell their work. You are not there 
to yeah. partake. You are there to talk, to meet, to greet, to network, to talk about your art, to make the sale, to get into the gallery, to meet the next person. Mm -hmm. That's what you're there for. All the rest of the stuff, grab a burger on the way home. Like, you could be starving, <laughs> eat before or after. It's nothing worse than somebody walking up to you and you're like, mm, one second, one, like trying to finish a bite. No, grab a bottle of water, have it near you, take your sip, keep it going. That's that's what it is. So a lot of like my friends and stuff don't get like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. You must be like so amazing. Like this is such a great time. It's like parties all the time. No. Like I have work after work. So mm -hmm. I may have a full day of meetings with clients, come home, costume change, go right back out of the house and go to an opening. Yeah. And you gotta be on. That's you gotta so be real. That's like so I real. always joke with Ayana saying, my life is now becoming a series of costume changes. If she can relate. Like <laughs> that's right. So it's like, oh my gosh, like yeah. in the last month I had like six openings. Which is a gift. It's like it's no complaint. Congratulations. Thanks. What like it's no complaint whatsoever, but having three business trips this month, plus six shows, having to actually work, mm -hmm. dropping work off, picking work up, it's like a series of costume changes. Like you go to work, yeah. you come home, change, throw on something comfortable because you gotta get work to a gallery. Then you have to pick up. Then you have to come back, change, because you need to go to this thing. You go, do your costume change, you razzle-dazzle, you come back home, you change again, so that she can now paint. Or cook dinner. Or whatever. Yep. And then try and fit time in to just kind of live your life. But that's the, that's what it takes. Like, you have to have, like, the hustle gene. You have to have the drive, ambition, mm -hmm. in order to do it all. I'm just... Other people have the luxury of saying, I'm just going to be a starving artist. I like nice shit. I like to eat. I like to go out. I like to travel. So I have to have yeah. this dual life where I'm working to pay the bills mm -hmm. and to have money to create art. That's the stuff that people don't see that, like, it takes money to be an artist. It takes money, and I don't think that's stuff that enough people are talking about in public, because as wonderful as Instagram has been, it sanitizes and it romanticizes this idea of the artist who just has arrived, Not, right? And You've made it, and it's such bullshit, it's bullshit, because behind the scenes, it's exactly, more or less, what you just described, which is sweat and fucking tears All sometimes. The time. Tears because... <laughs> It, and the flip side of it is we've glamorized what it looks like to be successful. With success always comes doubt. Mm -hmm. There are these moments of doubt where you're not sure. Like, is this going well? Is this right? Mm -hmm. um, and for me, what I always battle with is having this big persona, this big life, this, mm -hmm. the lights and interviews and all this stuff that people see, and then it's like the hustle and bustle and craziness, and then I come home, and it's absolutely silent. It's like, oh shit, what, what just happened? And so that's when I get the part of, 
in no way am I a celebrity, but I get mm -hmm. that juxtaposition where people talk about just how lonely it can be mm -hmm. to be this big thing, the entity, and then when you're the person, it's quiet because the thing starts to enter the room before you. So it's kind of cool, like, it's cool when people, like, random things, like, I go to Longhorn, like, to have dinner with a friend, and people are like, oh, just locally, like, oh, you're that guy that was uh, in the show, I saw your art in this place, like, hey, how's it going, like, great to see you again, and they're like, I really love your work, I'm like, thanks so much, my friend is like, people like, know who you are, like, know your work, I'm like, in this area, yeah, they do. Like, that's kind of cool. But to have all of that going where people kind of recognize your work, recognize who you are, everything, it's like, yeah, check. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Like, I'm infiltrating people's dreams and brains and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But then you come home and you have to feed the engine in this quiet place. Ah, uh, yes. It is this weird thing. It's like, okay, well... That's kind of sad to like just have this opening with hundreds of people show up and you're taking pictures and smiling and everything and you're up here. Yep. And then you come back to this quietness like, oh, well, I guess it's time to paint again to feed that engine again. Right. So what I'm picturing is that the artwork has to come from this inner place. Yes, it can be like your your energy, your drive can be kind of influenced and encouraged by other people, but at the end of the day, it has to come within. It's still within. you. Right. It's still your stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even though in that quiet place, that's when the music and good stuff comes. I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, let's let's get this shit going. Let's <laughs> rev the engine and let's go. And then I'm back. It's like it's weird. Like some of my friends, <laughs> it's like after you've had this big event, you spent all this time planning, mm -hmm. the big event happens, it's great, it's amazing. And then the day after you have event drop because the big event is done. You breathe for a second. Mm -hmm. <sighs> now what? Some people go to, oh, this is good. I have the now what syndrome. Like, all right, did that, now what? How do I exceed that? How do I bump that up? What's next? What do I do? Thank you so much for listening to The Daring. Look out for future episodes where we'll continue to share inspiring talks with creative people who are forced for good. Subscribe to The Daring through your favorite podcast app and check out thedaring.co for more in-depth articles. I'm your host, Iwana Friedman. This episode was produced and edited by Leslie Askew of Askew Pictures. If there's a topic or new artist you'd like us to cover, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at info at Until next time.